Welcome to Pageant Planets Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everybody, to another Pageant Planet Podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. Today, Jesse and myself, we are covering the life of Sarah Basie. Sarah's story is identified as one woman's inspiring path from helicopter crash survivor to Mrs. International 2012. She's a former pageant queen, a Harvard Business School graduate, and an accomplished business professional. You may have known this from her website, sarahbasie.com, but we are going to learn more about her and how she became Mrs. International 2012, amongst many other things. The quote that Sarah lives by is, dare to soar, your attitude almost always determines your altitude. The same as Allie LaForce and Michaela Eppers, whom we have done podcasts in the past, so it kind of clearly works. Mm-hmm. And an accident that could have literally ended Sarah's life served as the fuel for her to move on and live a life with many more victories and successes. Now Sarah enjoys spending her time as, as a figure skater, mountain hiking, skiing, reading, and doing yoga. Sarah is also proud to support the efforts of the American Pageants family many years after she first started competing in the system. Yeah, and on to her personal life. Sarah was born and raised in rural Minnesota, and her parents also emphasized having a good work ethic and maintaining positive values. And growing up, most children play sports or have some sort of extracurricular hobby. And for Sarah, this was competitive figure skating, which became professional figure skating. And unlike most sports, Figure skating requires a supreme amount of discipline, even for a child. Yeah, Sarah's, like, you think your pageant training was challenging. Sarah's mornings (laughs) would begin with her waking up at 3.45 a.m., driving 50 miles, 5-0, to go to practice, and then going to school immediately after. And there aren't many professions or hobbies in life that teach children this kind of discipline. And it would serve well for Sarah to have this kind of work ethic at a very young age. And especially when we know how time-consuming preparing for a pageant can be and how many pageant weeks allow very little hours of sleep between rehearsals, appearances, and events. So perfect training for that. But I'd like to pause to applaud the dedication of parents who help their kids pursue their goals because I'm sure it wasn't just Sarah waking up at 345 and driving 50 miles, especially, I don't know how old she was when she was skating, but odds are she probably had someone else drive her to and from and then going to work. So applause to parents out there who put themselves second so their children can be first. Yeah. And additionally, Sarah, you know, she kind of dated a celebrity, William Zabak um, and, or Zabkuk. I think it's Zabka. Zabka? That sounds right. Okay. And uh, when she was younger, and he's an American actor, martial art, uh, martial artist, screenwriter, director, and producer, and he's best known for his roles in the iconic 1980s films, such as his role as Johnny Lawrence in The Karate Kid. And for those of you who have never seen that movie, first, shame on you. Secondly, I'm getting old. And <laughs> third, he's the bad guy. And they um, he's the bad guy that squared off against the, the main actor. And he wore the black suit and uh, the black karate suit or whatever it's called. It's not actually a suit. But um, they met when he was a judge in a pageant and that she was in. So that's how they met. And then they started dating afterwards. 
And Karate Kid is wax on, wax off. And I'm sure everyone listening has heard that reference at some point, even yeah. if they haven't seen the movie. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi. I mean, it's yes. iconic. Stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. So it's worth a watch because you have nothing better to do right now anyway than be at home. <laughs> so no excuses. So Sarah attended Augsburg College and graduated with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology with the goal to become a sports psychologist in the future. And instead, she started her own business, which has now been thriving for 30 years years. And that business is called Simplex Construction. Yeah. And although this wasn't her initial goal, Sarah started Simplex, which had become a leading manufacturer in reinforced steel used in concrete paving throughout Canada and the United States with manufacturing facilities in California, Illinois, Minnesota, and Nevada. And the wild thing about this is she has basically the equivalent of square footage uh, like in buildings with it's basically the equivalent of a mega sized Walmart or a massive Lowe's or Costco. Um, it's mm-hmm. over 400,000 square feet, and um, she's just built a really powerful empire in this, you know, typically like stereotypically man's world. Mm-hmm. So, knowing that she didn't have all the answers to running this business, she decided to enhance her business skills by furthering her education. And this led Sarah to attending and graduating from Harvard Business School. No big deal. She attests her education and career to the support of her family. And Sarah's father was in the stucco industry. So for those that don't know, stucco is like a textured material that goes outside of houses. Um, I think, Stephen, it's primarily in dry climates. Does that sound right? Yeah, primarily. Yeah. yeah you see, it's very reason- popular in like Arizona. Yes. And the main reason she chose working in construction was her dad. Hmm. Yeah, and I totally see that. Uh, Additionally, Sarah recently completed the Director's College, a course for board directors of large and prominent companies at Stanford Law School. It was through the construction business that Sarah also met her husband, now of 10 plus years, Joe, who is a concrete paving contractor. Sarah grew up seeing the love and affection of her parents' relationship and has now recreated that kind of love with Joe. Surrounding yourself with successful and supportive relationships is really the key to finding happiness and success in other areas of your life. We'll see how Sarah's family and husband supported her through the good, the bad, and the ugly times in her life. Yeah, so let's move on to that defining moment for her, the accident and the aftermath. And the love and strength that Sarah's family surrounds her with is something that will be exceptionally important during one of the most challenging times in her life. And it was in 1994 that Sarah chartered a helicopter to survey a concrete paving project for her company, probably very routine for her, which ended in a tragic crash. And 40% of Sarah's body was covered in third-degree burns. And third-degree burns are the most extreme burns you can have. Imagine, I mean, not to... Gosh, think about how scary that must have been. Yeah, you're in a helicopter, you're I going can't. to a job I site. Can't even imagine. Right. And then you know something's going wrong. It's spinning out of control. And then like the the crash happens. And it, there had to have been just so much tremendous like fear. And I mean, we know because I mean Kobe Bryant just died from, you know, a helicopter crash only a few months ago. So I, I just couldn't imagine, you know, and so the the mental hurdles that she had to get through, too, because, you know, she's been back on a plane again, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? yeah. So, I mean, just the fear of overcoming that kind of the testimony to how powerful of a, a leader and a woman that she is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, throughout the years of surgery, years, you know, this wasn't just mm-hmm. one surgery and she was back. 
um, the rehabilitation, the visits to doctors. I mean, Sarah, she was determined to get her life back on track. I mean, she had a business, she had a marriage and a future waiting for her and not even a tragic accident could stop her. Through this accident, Sarah found her passion for the Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors and all the wonderful ways this organization serves the burn community. Sarah is able to utilize her own experience to support others through their healing. And for those that aren't familiar, the Phoenix is a symbol of like rebirth. So they say Phoenix rises from its own ashes. Um, so that's why it's called that, I would assume. Yeah. And this is, this is a side moment. And I'm going to use it as a coaching moment too, because if there's things that you are feeling scared of right and sarah didn't tell me this that she was scared of flying again or you know or she was feeling bad about herself with the burn uh as a burn victim but if there is something like that that you're going through in your personal life and you're you just feel like the darkness of depression one way to alleviate it is to serving others who have the same problem Mm -hmm. because it empowers you to move past your own issues um, by helping other people. And it is one of the quickest ways to recovery because as you minister to them and help them through their crisis, you're also doing it for yourself because mm-hmm. you're hearing your own words and you're seeing it play out in their lives and you're stronger for it. And, and clearly, um, she did that too. So, I mean, I want to encourage you that you who are listening, we all have fears. I mean, whether they're brought about through a crisis such as Sarah's or just kind of just insecurities that developed into stage fright. Uh, but regardless, I mean, we all have these these fears that we're working through. And, you know, if you can identify yours and then attack it uh, in the similar way that Sarah did by serving other people, um, you'll find yourself getting over it and being a stronger leader for because of it. Yeah. And if I can make it an even further coaching moment, um, one of our VIP members, she's been with us for several years. Um, I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants to be shared, but she um, suffered from postpartum depression with the birth of both of her children. And now she is so incredibly active. She facilitates support groups. She's becoming a postpartum doula um, so that she can be there for women that experience that too. So if if you're still competing in pageantry beyond just the personal healing that goes with it, once you feel like you're at a place confident enough to put yourself back out there again, make that your passion, make that your mission. Because so many people ask me, like, what should my platform be? And if you're comfortable talking about your story, that's when you can start to help people is when you put your story out there. And when you revisit those things that didn't help you help make you feel back to normal or back to yourself. Mm, That's a good example. Yeah. Uh, So Sarah went on to serve as vice president of the National Board of Trustees for the Phoenix Society. And this is a nonprofit organization where Sarah can dedicate her time to helping victims through support programs, education, and advocacy. Sometimes you don't find your platform. It just, in Sarah's case, it just kind of finds you. Mm -hmm. And though Sarah may not have known it, her volunteer work at the Phoenix Society would be her advocacy and pageantry as well. She also is a trained survivor offering assistance and recovery volunteer, and that stands for SOAR, at Regions Hospital in St. Paul, Minnesota. And this gives her the opportunity to speak as a survivor about burn education, advocacy, and acceptance to groups of all sizes throughout the United States and abroad. Working with the Phoenix Society has allowed Sarah to travel to the world uh, through the world to meet 
with and the council burn survivors. And Sarah and her husband, Joe, they met with 22 burn survivors from around Japan on a trip to Tokyo. She had the opportunity to meet two burn survivors who founded the Hong Kong Burn Association on a trip to China. And she had also been to the Philippines and Australia to work with and learn about the burn units and organizations in these countries. I mean, she's traveling the globe doing this. It's pretty awesome. Absolutely. And one of the more challenging things that Sarah had to overcome was the scars from her injuries. And now she looks at them as a badge of courage, which allow her to share her story. And they, um, I hope Sarah doesn't mind me saying this, but they are extremely visible. I mean, they cover um, definitely, I don't remember, I haven't seen her in a long time. They cover at least one of her arm. And so when she wears an evening gown or a sleeveless dress, I mean, you see it, it's on display and it's part of how she can tell that story so well because you see it immediately. Yeah, but the way that she carries herself, it's just such confidence and grace. Oh my and gosh. Like when I when I met her, it was like I had no idea. Um, mm-hmm. One, be, uh, I was there for American pageants and I didn't even uh, I didn't even know that she was the owner because a lot of times it was just like they asked me to come, I came, whatever. It was, um, I, I don't remember at the time who was handling my like appearances uh, within the organization, but I just showed up. You know, I, I don't know who's from anyone. And she didn't say, oh, hi, I'm Sarah. I own the pageant, whatever. She was just like, oh, hey, like, uh, you know, you want me to help you with your bags? And I was like, oh, no, I got it. You know, it's just like really sweet. And then I looked mm-hmm. down and I, I did. I, I remember seeing her arm. Um, I was like, huh, wonder what that happened there. But um, it was it was kind of a, a bit of a dichotomy um, because she was so put together and then you saw the the scars and you're like, huh, because again, my experience, this is this is for me, is that a lot of times when people have that kind of visible, they kind of lead with that a lot of times. Oh, don't mind my arm, or they kind of make mention of it, but it was there was no shame in it or, or anything, and as there should not be. But there's just sometimes we try to make um, apologies for things that we see as deficiencies or errors. And clearly, she is well moved past thinking that this was any sort of deficiency because it's not. Right. Um, it's just things that we do out of our own insecurities to try to compensate for what's going on mentally within mm-hmm. us. You know, extremely true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like pageantry, it, it really teaches men and women that the most valuable thing that you can do with your time is to give it to someone else who needs it. And Sarah has been able to connect with hundreds of burned victims and their families throughout the world. And this kind of emotional investment teaches humility and compassion on many levels, which are values that every title holder should possess. And it is also what Sarah teaches to ladies competing in a pageant. Every day is a gift and a way to share your passions with others to make the world a better place. And this is definitely a coaching moment. We've had a couple unofficial, um, but this leads us to our first official one. And it's find a platform and purpose that puts a spark inside your heart that you want to wake up every day and fight for. Because it's not always as obvious as a life-changing moment. I mean, sometimes we all live pretty normal mundane lives where we don't have a key identifier like this. So you have to figure out really down deep what is that passion that you're going to fight for. And when contestants can't decide on a platform, I ask them a few questions, but mostly what makes you so mad that you never want to see it again. So losing a loved one to a specific illness. Are you mad that they didn't have enough funding? Are you mad that there weren't enough research? Um, Students who don't have the resources to pursue education. Are you ticked that not everyone has an equal playing field? What can you do about it so that no kid has to fight that uphill battle 
girl on girl hate, general apathy. I mean, the list goes on. And for Sarah, it seems like she never wanted to see people take life for granted or see people who experience traumatic experiences define them. And that's what made her mad enough to take action every day. Yeah. And like once you find that hot button trigger that that sets you off, then you either have to choose. Do you want to start your own thing or do research and find another organization who's already doing something and add your voice to theirs? Um, like, and that's really for, for me, if somebody's already else is already doing it, they already have the platform, they already have the structure in place. It would be great if you just tie yours in, um, to theirs so that you can add to their voice and help them in the momentum. Um, and it's just a way that we can consolidate everything and help everyone get to where they're going faster. But um, yeah, and that's, I I don't mean to hop in, but I was talking about that on our Instagram last night. Everyone feels like they have to have their own nonprofit. And I think that is a huge misconception in the pageant industry because, like you said, Stephen, there's probably an organization that's already doing big things. So how can you use your voice to amplify that message as a whole? Because if you're one person on your own and you choose, like, I'm trying to think of alliteration for me, Jesse's Jellies, like you're trying to sell jelly to raise money for the homeless. There's probably a homeless organization that you can partner with to, you can still do Jesse's jellies, but do them in collaboration with that group that's already doing 20 times more. And then you're a part of that and that you can be inspired by them. And then um, you can talk about how you learned symbiotically. So I think a lot of people jump to the action of starting their own nonprofit and you don't need to. It's exhausting. It's stressful. It's expensive. So you don't need to. Yeah. And I mean, it's a whole business and anybody who's ever started a business from the ground up, it takes a lot of momentum to get it going. Um, I can remember I worked like three and a half years on pageant planet full time before anyone started to recognize it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Oh, there's actually, wow. You guys just like really took off. It's like, no, I've been grinding at it for three and a half years. You just finally recognized it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what happens even when you're starting your own nonprofit. So, but the thing is to Jesse's point, if you tie in with a successful organization, you can say, I- I'm looking to do appearances and further promote you. And maybe they will open up their doors and help you leverage their contacts. Now, you don't necessarily want to go in there asking for things right away. You want to be of service. But if you do it in a way that's servicing the organization, they will gladly help you open those doors. Yep, for sure. Um, so like on to pageants, at, at this point, if you kind of are following along the story, I mean, Sarah's been competing on and off since 1983. So she started competing in 1983, and she started her pageant journey with American Pageants when it was called Miss Teen of America Organization. She purchased the program in 2014, and it was rebranded American Pageants in 2017 when she expanded it to uh, to include additional age divisions. So that first pageant in 1983 was Miss Teen of Minnesota, which she won. And this opened up many opportunities for her when she learned the true beauty of pageantry is to better yourself, the people around you, and to build lasting relationships. And by winning that pageant, it allowed her to compete at Miss Teen of America in 1984, where she was a finalist. And then after Sarah competed in Miss Teen of America, she wanted to support the organization as a staff assistant and became close with the founder, Warren Alexander. He encouraged her to branch out and to compete in the Miss America system. Her original talent was figure skating on plastic ice. However, Miss America established a time limit and set and setups. Uh, so a time limit for setups. I'm so sorry, 
so she had to find a different talent. So basically, Miss America says, okay, there's only this much amount of time we're allowed to set up your talent on stage. Sarah couldn't get that to work, so she had to find a different talent. Mm-hmm. Again, it was Warren who suggested that she tried ventriloquism, which helped her to win Miss Metropolitan title. She then placed in the top 10 at Miss Minnesota, and Sarah openly shares that she has lost more pageants than she has won. Same, I think, the vast majority of... <laughs> Pageant contestants in the industry can say that, too. Each time she is a contestant, she takes a risk towards becoming a better version of herself. This allows Sarah to be aware of who she is and to learn about others as well. Being judged by others can be difficult and uncomfortable, but Sarah looks at pageants as an opportunity to gain knowledge and wisdom about herself. Her biggest challenge in pageantry was in 2010 when her friends and family encouraged her to compete in the Mrs. United States pageant. And this was after her incident, which means she'd have to wear a bikini on stage and expose her scars. And this was something she hadn't done throughout her 16 years of recovery mm. and was one thing she never thought she would do on stage. Yeah. So again, she started competing in 1983 and here she is again, 2010, like going on, uh, going on stage. So we can only imagine the amount of physical imperfections that women have that keep them from competing pageants, right? And this, the way that Sarah's husband, Joe, put it, sums it up best. If you, if they're going to judge you on your scars, don't do it. But if they're going to judge, if they're going to see what I see, then go for it, which is really beautiful advice. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a coaching moment as well. Like surround yourself with positive and supportive people and relationships. These are the people that will guide you through good and bad times and should always be rooting for you to be your best. Sarah was blessed with a supportive and understanding family through her education, her career, and now in pageantry. And it is much easier to compete in a pageant when you have the support of your loved ones. And I've I've told a story several times on this podcast about the client that I had that she said when she told her family, like her uncles and her cousins, that she was gonna compete, they were like, You'll never win a you'll never win a beauty pageant. Wow. And she carried that insecurity and that doubt in her until we finally were able to like exercise like that out of her. So she believed she was worth it. Like you could see when she would practice that she had that fear that she wasn't good enough. Yeah. So if you hear that, if you have people in your closest circle that don't support your dream, it's time to not talk about it with that person. And it's incredibly difficult to do, but if it's a dream in your heart, you can't have any doubts. So surround yourself with people that do believe in it. I I know that I was able to build something successful and I've had a lot more businesses fail than I've had successful businesses, you know, so there's that. Um, And, but I knew my parents loved me regardless and that my parents supported me. So I always knew that, okay, if I failed, if I lost everything, whatever, I could always go back home and my mom and dad would like take care of me like they never Mm -hmm. they were never like okay here's an allowance in an adult age like here's whatever but like i knew i always had a roof could always like get a roof over my head right Mm -hmm. and food right um and more than that like they wouldn't judge me and that that was a really powerful thing like i can remember uh the girl that i was dating when she was competing uh she's the one that kind of got me into the industry i started learning about it through her and she was competing at Miss America and my dad, he has a, a small like construction company or he did at the time and him and all the guys, they were on the job site are they're like, Oh, 
the Miss America pageant. So they are all like drinking beers and like watching the the pageant and like yeah, you know, and like <laughs> sending me sending me pictures like to my phone um, about like you know them watching the pageant, which I just thought it was like really cute and supportive. And even when mm-hmm. I started this uh, company at Pageant Planet, and they didn't understand it, they were still very supportive. And so having those people that you can go to when you don't even necessarily believe in yourself is, is everything. And because yeah. everybody needs that little, like that lift up because life is hard. It really is. And sometimes it has a way of kicking you when you're down. And those people can help you just get through that one day that's challenging um, mm-hmm. because it's not hard consistently. I mean, everybody goes through challenging times, but if you're really present, it's not hard every moment of the day, but there are certain events that happen and then you're mauling over it in your mind and you need that person to just kind of like help tee you up a little bit to get you over that so that you can get onto the next um, accomplishment or the next challenge. And I'll, I'll say one last thing about that. It's sometimes we are so self-conscious about sharing those fears with those closest to us. Like we want to be strong. We want to show that we have everything under control, especially if you're type A, um, like me at times. Um, so if you just act really strong, no one ever thinks you need the help. There's that phrase, like check on your strong friends. And it's the moment you open up and you share that with those around you. Like, Hey, this day is going to be a hard day for me, or this is going to be a stressful day. Can you just send me some prayers? Can you, can you pray with me? If that's your, if that's your calling, or can you just like check in on me this day? And that way they know. So don't be too proud to open yourself up to those closest to you, because if they don't know you need support, sometimes they, they don't know how to support you. So if you share that with them, it'll all be better off. Yeah, Renata and I, we have this saying of like, if one of us has a full cup, so if you picture a glass of water, if it's completely filled to the brim, you know, if she's trying to pour her like water into mine and my cup is completely filled to the brim, there, there's no way for me to really hear it because I'm so in my mind about all the things that I'm go- that's going on. So yeah. um, typically when we recap our days, like she always goes first. You know, um, and that's fine. Like, I, I, I just love it. But there's some days where I've had a really challenging day and I'm like, I've got a full cup. Do you care if I go first? Because it's just like, oh, no, absolutely. Go first. And then so it allows me to just empty it out. And mm-hmm. and then for some of my guy friends, I'm like, hey, I, I just need to vent a minute. Can you just listen? Because I have this one guy friend and he's he's so nice. But I'll say two sentences and he says 14 paragraphs. And sometimes I'm like, I just need to get this out. <laughs> so just telling them, like, I just I just need somebody to listen so I can get this this out. Right. And mm-hmm. sometimes that just helps and reminds them like, oh, cool. I will absolutely just listen to you. And it helps to manage expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so judges are selected to judge pageants and this is obviously based back to Sarah's story, but, uh, judges are selected to judge pageants based on the woman's values, services, and potent, uh, potential to continue to make a difference in the lives of others. While pageants have an element that focuses on physical appearances, your outfits should be selected based on how much they suit you and make you feel confident, not how much they cover your insecurities. 
And as a result of Sarah's courage, she placed as the second runner-up at Mrs. United States, which empowered her to continue her journey. And in 2012, she continued on to win the Mrs. Minnesota International title and compete at Mrs. International. Mrs. International showcases married women 21 to 56 years old and includes their husbands as an integral part of the event. The judges' components include 50% platform, 25% fitness, and 25% evening gown. Yeah, and this is a cool stat, Stephen, or it's a fact. Um, the top 10 at Mrs. International, their husbands come on stage for the crowning, and whoever wins, their husband assists in the crowning. Oh, that's he, sweet. He holds the crown while the, the, the reigning queen uh, puts like pins it on her head. Oh, that's how involved they are. That's really sweet. I love yeah. that. And out of nearly 60 other contestants, Sarah exemplified beauty, grace, and integrity, which ultimately won her the title of Mrs. International 2012. As Sarah's title holder legacy, she went on to travel the world and connected the burn victim community along with promoting and honoring the values of the Mrs. International title. She says, I feel blessed beyond words when I consider the thousands of women who have competed all over the world for a chance to wear this beautiful crown. And when I remember there have only been 25 of us to share this honor. Not only is the Mrs. International crown substantial in size, but it also comes with an equally large responsibility. Yeah, that's a big crown. Sarah had like carpet <laughs> padding underneath it. I remember when I met her that like helped pad it because otherwise you get a big ridge. Wait, there's, um, she had what padding? Because this could be actually car- could be helpful. Padding. This is probably carpet. helpful for like yeah. other people with big hat. So the carpet padding is um, it, it's it's what. So it was like just this cushy material and she put it right under the base where the crown sat on her head. And I think it was like she had she has very blonde hair. So it was like a very light color. Actually, if you think of like a mattress crate. Yep. Like that color tan. Um, it's sort of like that color. And it just sat right underneath to create like a barrier. Because otherwise, I mean, the Mrs. Crown is like 10 times heavier than the Miss Crown. And even that was like difficult to wear for a long period of time. It's gorgeous but it was very smart so she, i think she just wired it to it mm-hmm. like she just got like a really thin wire and weaved it but it's been a long time since i saw that so i'm not exactly sure got it well so i just uh googled uh, carpet foam or <laughs> carpet padding um and so everybody you can do the same and kind of get a look for what she what she did yeah it's in a really um dense base so you didn't see it so you want to be careful with crowns that don't have like several like a really strong barrier so you wouldn't want to see through it so you want to test it a couple times take some photos with it to make sure you don't miss the design of the crown yeah i remember um you know with uh, my ex-girlfriend you know before like renata um she would like when she wear the crown and had it on for several hours and she pulled it off there <laughs> there would be like a dent, dent. and mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like oh my I God. think I still have one I think it's permanent <laughs> well it just means you're forever queen that's true Okay, so Sarah's advocacy with Support Team Phoenix and Go Red for Women allowed her to be nominated by Tiara Magazine as the most beautiful title holder of the year. And Sarah has also enjoyed judging pageants for the last three decades, some including the Miss Teen of America system, the Miss America system, Miss Teen and Miss USA system, and many others. When it was finally time for the original owners of the Miss Teen of America slash American pageant systems to retire, they approached Sarah with the opportunity to take over. In November 2014, her first pageant home was officially hers. Mm. American pageants continue to be guided by Sarah's vision to place an accent on achievement. And today, Sarah still resides in Minnesota, 
with their husband, Joe, and I love this name, this dog, and their dog, Tonka. <laughs> that is a cute name. She still enjoys judging pageants and presenting keynote speeches on behalf of the World Burn Congress, the Burn, uh, the American Burn Association, as well as other organizations. Of course, she also enjoys her time as vice president of the National Board of Trustees for the Phoenix Society. Sarah also enjoys maintaining her health and wellness in her spare time through outdoor activities and especially through figure skating still. Her main goals have been to stay healthy and happy with her husband and to travel the world making memories and touching lives. She's proud to have won the pinnacle of crowns and is enjoying the life that pageantry has helped to create. She continues to look at each day and every day as a blessing to be alive and this is the message that we can all live by. And in her words, she says, pageantry is really about trying to become the best version of yourself. When I compete in anything in life, I focus on doing my best, not about beating someone else. We can only control ourselves, And if that is the way in which someone else approaches a pageant, they can open up a world of wonderful experience. And if you would like to be a featured contestant on our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at pageantplanet.com with a title podcast feature so we can review your profile. And we will let you know after you submit if you are scheduled. Also, a special shout out to Maria Giorlando for doing the research on this particular episode. And thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.